The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Cincinnati Bengals drop a tough loss to the Packers. I'll be talking about this next on Orange is the New Black podcast. Let's get into it. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Hello, world. It's your boy, Ace Boogie. Uh, me and Zim had conflicting schedules, but he did drop his recap. So if you are watching this on YouTube, you'll only get mine. But if you do listen to the audio, you will get Zim's half of what happened today. Obviously, we're here to talk about the Bengals versus the Packers and the Bengals taking that L earlier today, unfortunately for us, right? It was, now I don't want to sell the Bengals short, right? I don't want to start it out this way into a whole negative kind of spin on things. Um, The Bengals showed up for this game, right? Uh, They were in it to the very end. This was a game that went into overtime. It was a game that we all looked forward to seeing what the Bengals could do, right? This was a measuring stick, I think for us, as a team to look at this team and see just how good they were. You know, we came into this game three and one versus a Packers team that many consider kind of a a Super Bowl contender or contender period. So this was going to be a good benchmark for the Bengals to try to gauge how good of a team that they were. And I think that the Bengals really did that in terms of coming out and matching the Packers energy. Unfortunately for us, though, they fall short. And, you know, there's several things that I could point to. But the one thing that I will say is this, I'm not here to just give the Bengals credit for almost beating the Packers. That's what I'm not here to do. So I will once again acknowledge it, but I will not give them credit for almost beating a good Packers team because I feel like the Bengals should have won this game. I think that they had plenty of opportunities to do it. I think that they fought hard. I think that the offense was up and down, uh, to say the least, throughout this game. And for the most part, it's really weird when you look at some of the stats that you look at from this game in terms of time of possession, because for the most part, up until overtime, the Bengals didn't really have the ball that much, right? They were trying to stop an Aaron Rodgers offense uh, that consisted of Devontae Adams, who had a field day today. Um, And it was, it was a bit weird with Devontae Adams because there were times when Cheeto was on him. And I think that Cheeto did a great job on him. And then there were other times that he wasn't on him when Cheeto got hurt Um, and other plays where he had different matchups. And so Devontae Adams did what he did. But at the end of the day, it's Devontae Adams. I'm not honestly too surprised with that. And I feel like they did a great job on Aaron Jones up until the the end of the game where he breaks through and gets that big run. 
But overall, I think based off of the situations that this defense was put in, you know, to have to stop this uh, offense and limit them to 30, especially a team like the Packers, given all of the possessions that the Packers had to hold them to four of 11 on third down, uh, to hold them to, you know, 63 total plays and only having them score 25 points, I think was a great effort by the defense. The offense, though, uh, was inefficient. You talk about them being 5 of 14 on third down. Uh, they were pretty decent on second down. They allowed three sacks. I think one of those was actually on Samaje P. Ryan. Two of those were on the offensive line. They gave up two penalties. They had five punts, right? The Bengals only allowed uh, the Packers to punt twice, and they punted five times. You know, that is, from what I can see, just the tail of the tape, that is a big issue right there. Two interceptions thrown, but believe it or not, the Bengals actually led in time of possession, 34 to 33. Um, and honestly, that seven seconds, I believe, just came really from overtime, especially with the crazy, wacky missed kicks uh, during that game. And so for me overall, a lot of people are pointing uh, the blame to Zach Taylor in this one. You know, I'm going to say this. Uh, did Zach Taylor, could Zach Taylor have made some better decisions? Yes, I think so. There were times where I felt like they should have gone for it, uh, given the circumstances, especially on some of those fourth downs, especially when they were going for the win. And I did feel like sometimes there were some conservative, conservative things done there. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that there's more blame than just on Zach Taylor to go around. Uh, we talk about the kicker. If he makes either one of those field goals, I don't even think that we're talking about Zach Taylor and those decisions and things like that. And now that is three missed field goals on the season for Evan McPherson. We can talk about the win. We can talk about all of that. But at the end of the day, that was one of the reasons that the Bengals picked him within the fifth round is to be able to come out there and make kicks like that. Um, now, we can debate about when the kicks were given. Should they have been closer? Sure, we can talk about that. Yes, that does have somewhat uh, you know, somewhat that is somewhat Zach Taylor's fault. But I think when we drafted this kid, these were positions that we expected to be able to put him in and we were expected to be able to go out there and hope that he would make those field goals. And, you know, it just didn't work out for both sides. You know, you see what happens with Mason Crosby today. He misses about four field goals. I think one of them was an extra point. Uh, and the Bengals just didn't capitalize when they needed to. Uh, another thing that I will point to is, Another play that really hurt the Bengals, especially to start overtime, uh, was kind of some of the ball security, especially when Joe Burrow throws the interception on the miscommunication. It really reminded me a lot of that Bears game uh, where he was looking to once again get it to Tyler Boyd, um, takes his eyes off of that linebacker, and these linebackers are out there making plays. Now, one thing that I will say is that the linebacker claimed that the Bengals have shown something on film where he just automatically knew that it was a screenplay. So he read that, knew what was coming, ended up being ahead of the game and picking that off. Now, you could talk about that being on Zach Taylor, these offensive plays. They'll have to look at that and figure out what it is that kind of gave that play away because this is, you know, two big plays in games where that has really bitten them uh, for the worse, especially when you talk about the Bears game with Roquan and you talk about this game with the linebacker, uh, for the Green Bay Packers and then for them not to be able to take advantage of Jair Alexander being out the one thing that stuck out to me that they didn't take advantage of is as soon as Kevin King goes down they start bringing in a lot of tight end kind of plays instead of going at the wide receivers 
uh, that are going to the wide receivers that Kevin King would have been on. You know, if you have Jair Alexander out, if you have Kevin King out, there's got to be somebody that you can take advantage of in that secondary. And I don't feel like they capitalized and they started to go to plays to the tight ends, which I get that because the Packers aren't good against the tight ends, but your tight ends weren't really involved in this game. You go with the screen to Drew Sample who trips up and falls short. But I, overall, I just didn't like the aggressiveness from Zach Taylor in terms of those situations. If we're going to talk about Taylor, that's what I didn't like. Uh, I think that there were some other plays where they could have went to chase more. I think that they could have gone to Tyler Boyd way before the second half of the game. Uh, you know, you had T. Higgins that had some crucial drops. There's a lot of blame that could go around to all of these guys. And I think that it's not just simply on Zach, because if a play goes here or there, I think that there's different things that could have come from the output of this game and I'm not a guy that likes to play Monday morning quarterback so at the end of the day I never put the blame on one person per se uh, the team wins together and loses together is how I'm looking at it and obviously we wanted this win bad because they were so close to getting this uh, but they didn't and I can also point to the offensive line a lot of people talk about that as well uh, I think there were penalties all over the place in terms of, well, not really all over the place, but there was a crucial penalty on Quentin Spain that was called. Jonah Williams ends up giving a sack, but I think that that's actually due to Carmen allowing his guy to get pushed inside. So they didn't really have a clean pocket for Joe Burrow. And even though they only gave up two sacks, there were plays like the one where he tried to take a bomb to chase to try to step up in the pocket, and he just didn't have the foot space to do it. Um, and so those are things that the Bengals have to get better at and also just making sure Joe Burrow doesn't take too many shots because, you know, he has to come out there and and run for his life on some plays, right? We see the one play I honestly felt like when Joe takes that shot to the head, I felt like that should have been a penalty. That's just me. I'm not sure what the actual rule book is. I'm not, you know, some expert on that. I just feel like whenever I see a, a quarterback of his magnitude get hit like that in the head, personally, I just think it should be a flag. But I'm not here to talk about just straight up flags or anything like that. Um, these are just some of the observations from that game. I also felt like the Joe Mixon run was a first down. I'm not sure why it was considered a fourth and in inches on that play. But these are just some of the plays that stuck out to me. And I think Big Willie also pointed out on Twitter that if you watch that field goal that they actually make, the left guard flinches and it's a clear uh, false start there. So, you know, the refereeing in this game, it, it was all over the place. I will say I do agree with Zim that the tripping call was true. I think that that was a penalty there. Uh, Hubbard kind of got away with one earlier in the game where they didn't call it. So everything comes full circle on that. Uh, but yeah, definitely was a weird game from the standpoint of calls and, and things that happened there. Uh, they were holding calls and all kinds of things like that. But that's going to happen in a game like this. Right. And that's why you don't want these games to be as close. Uh, the offense just in the first half was just all the way up and down and even in overtime at some points. Right. Uh, they just couldn't really get things going. They were able to score on a Samaj P. Ryan uh, pass play, uh, and then they didn't do much. There's a lot of punts early on, and then they get a bomb to Chase, and Chase just really honestly took over this game. He almost had a second touchdown but was ruled down where he's about to drop the catch and then uses his concentration to pull it back in. And so I think Chase bought out in this game. I mean, just looking at what he did uh, offensively, I mean, it's pretty clear that Jamar Chase is a special kind of player. Uh, they definitely need to get him more involved in this offense. I, I also question, I think it was a play where they had Chase in the backfield. I like the play, but I believe that they just did a quarterback sneak with Joe Burrow. I'm kind of scratching my head on that play as far as what they were thinking on that one. But 
I, I understand that they're trying to mix it up. They're trying to add some trickery to this offense. It's definitely in dire need of it. But at the end of the day, my point is a lot of this goes around on everybody. I mean, I think even when we talk about the first Joe Burrow pick, right, he was kind of forcing something that he shouldn't have. He's, he's looking for Auden Tate there. Uh, you just got a first down. You've got to drive going, especially after how many issues you had in the first half. I think he's got to play smarter in terms of the decision making there. And, you know, that really hurt the offense. It, it really did. So I think that there's enough blame to go around. I think you could say Zach. I think you could say Burrow in some instances. I think that you could also say the offensive line. I think that you could also say Evan McPherson, because honestly, let's just be real. Like if he makes that, it, we're not even having this conversation right now. If he makes any of those field goals, we're just not having this conversation about anything. Uh, we're not having a conversation about T Higgins drops. We're not having a conversation about anything. So uh, the one thing that I will say is they've just got to get more consistent offensively. And I feel like we say that week to week. I think that it's coming. I think that they're just trying to gain this, this chemistry. Um, and unfortunately they had to, to learn um, and, and hang with this chemistry under a team like the Packers. The thing that I will say is, even though they had bumps in the road, they still stuck this Packers team um, that's considered a team that they're going into the last dance. This is a team that's been building for seasons over there in Green Bay, um, and they were able to stick with this team. So I think that that shows that the Bengals are legit. Like, let's just be real. They're legit, but they have to learn how to beat good teams. We've been able to beat bad teams outside of the Bears in these circumstances, but they got to be able to beat some of these better teams. We've got some super chats here. It's still early. We will win more games. Who day for my man, Nandan. Appreciate that, Nandan. I had another one here. Aquila the Great, my guy, for $5. Appreciate that. He says that Chase has been the entire offense, and the offense reflects Taylor. Inconsistent and unreliable. Um, I get it. I get it. You know, I will say they have been inconsistent. Uh, but at the end of the day, we got to get – Got to get more consistent. I mean, I think Chase, definitely, we got to call his number earlier. Got to get Boyd involved earlier. It, it was kind of head shaking because, you know, Tyler Boyd just went off last game. And so you would think that he would be a big factor in this game. And then a lot of people expected, me, myself included, expected Chris Evans to be involved in this game. And they really weren't as much as we really thought that they should have been. Uh, but at the end of the day, that is a learning lesson. That's something that they got to learn from. And we have to move on, especially with the game coming up next week. But I want to say I would I would take my hat off to Joe Mixon for even playing today. Uh, I mean, Joe Mixon, for him to come out there and play without even practicing this week, I think just shows the demeanor and the dedication um, to this team and the way that he played it, going in there, getting that touchdown. I mean, shouts out to Joe Mixon. On the defensive side of the ball, I got to give kudos to two guys that really just stick out to me. I'm not trying to downplay anybody else, but I would have to say Cheeto. I think that Cheeto played a hell of a game when he was in there. Um, the interception on Rodgers, that was great. The offense needed to try to take some of those opportunities and jump on them, and they didn't early. And then I would also say Trey Henderson. I mean, to play like he played, you know, two sacks in that game. I don't know how many pressures because the stats aren't out yet. Um, I think he played a hell of a game as well. And I think that the defense played a hell of a game. I mean, to to hold the Packers to the amount of points that they did, given the circumstances, being on the field majority of the time, um, which, which it felt like until they got into OT, I think they did a hell of a job holding them to three after the interception. I mean, they're so kind of – there's so many plays that I can look to where the defense stood tall and did what they needed to do 
to give the offense a chance to get back into the game. And so, honestly, uh, does Zach need to improve as a play caller? Of course. Like, we we say that week to week. I think that he will. Uh, but we've got to improve in other areas as well, you know, making sure that Joe Burrow has that pocket. Joe Burrow has to improve on making the right decisions and knowing when to take those risks and when not. Um, and then also we have to make sure that Evan McPherson is going to be able to kick field goals and make them. I think that we put a lot of pressure on him, crowning him as Legatron, myself included, but this is, he's missed three field goals. I mean, it is what it is. Um, and this, these are things that we counted on him to do. And I'm not calling him Pat Randy or anything by any means, but we can't let other people slide as well. If I'm going to criticize Taylor, I've got to criticize all of the other people involved. I feel like uh, in, in terms of today's loss, Cam Sample is another guy that definitely was playing good. Larry Ogunjobi, I saw him fighting through it. It definitely appeared that Trey Waynes uh, re-injured that hamstring, unfortunately, on that catch by uh, on uh, Randall Cobb. I think Randall Cobb definitely ended up getting away there because Waynes did pull that hamstring. So we'll have to see. Uh, but this is my part of it. I am impressed with how the Bengals played. But at the end of the day, I do want dubs. Luckily, I just watched the Cleveland Browns lose, but we have to hope that the Ravens lose on Monday uh, because that will give us the AFC lead, the AFC lead in the division, at least for the AFC North. So hopefully we can we can still pull this out. We got a straightforward game next week uh, where we have to come out and take care of business. So I think if the Bengals continue to do that, we should be good. But I think that this is a game where the Bengals showed up. It wasn't a game where they got blown out or anything like that. But again, I don't want to take any kind of, yeah, I, I don't want to even talk about stuff like that because to me it's about wins and losses. Me and Zim talk about that every week. That's what we preach to you guys. But I'm not down on this team by any means. I think that they showed that they belong today, and I think that they have plenty left in the tank, and we'll have to see what's going on um, for them next week. So I'm going to go ahead and end it here. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. This has been the Orange is the New Black Podcast. Of course, we are sponsored by Midwest Best Barbecue. Uh, please stop in there. Check out some brisket fries. They got some chicken wings and stuff going on there. Um, the sweet tea and lemonade combo, bro, that I don't even I don't I personally don't even like sweet tea like that. But that combo was crazy when I had it when I was in town. So please be able to stop by there. We also are going to be doing some giveaways for more coupons. They're just good people. They have good food. Please be sure to check them out. They also have some things going on um, that are special during the Sundays where you can get all kinds of deals there. So please be sure to check them out. But of course, I'll end this with a yes, Sersky. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high